Is it possible to disagree and still be friends? The answer is yes, and we are here to prove it. Join our group of badass sirens as we step out of our comfort zone and onto our soapboxes to sound off on our latest adventure. We might not always agree, but we will always love each other. Welcome to Siren Soapbox. Hello, friends, and welcome to Siren Soapbox and our second mystery episode in the series. You can check out the first mystery episode, number 26, wherever you listen to podcasts. I had given the sirens no indication about what that show was about, so the soapboxes were done right there on the spot. Tonight, TC is giving us our mystery episode, and we have a little snippet of what to expect. All she told us was, there's a lot of research that indicates that we don't know about ourselves as well as we think we do. Sometimes we don't want to know the truth. And our soapbox topic is, how well do you think you know yourself? Consider areas that might be your blind spots. And we are welcoming back guests, Siren, Sarah, and Nessie. And Sirens, somebody already said it tonight. We might be using that safe word. What is it? Mango. That's right. Mango. First up on her soapbox is Mur. Well, thank you, Elsie. So TC wants us to answer the question, how well do you know yourself? I would love to believe that I know myself pretty well. I have, after all, spent countless hours and just so much money digging into my psyche. However, I know there are areas of my life that I tend to ignore rather than deal rather than deal with. For example, I like to ignore my growing tum-tum rather than choose to work on my fitness like Fergie. Um, but I suppose there are a million reasons why I ignore this area in my life. A million reasons that are hidden deep down in my soul somewhere, somewhere locked up tight. I envision a wooden treasure chest wrapped in like iron chains and sealed up with a lock that's been forged in fire and is stronger than anything that might try to penetrate it. And here I sit waiting for TC's episode, which I have a feeling may bring to light some of these hidden gems. So you're welcome for that. But I am ready. So let's find out uh, what I do and what I don't know about myself. I'm prepared to test out all those coping mechanisms that I've developed over the years too. Practice does make perfect after all. And now it is on to Sarah. All right. Well, uh, how well do I think I know myself? Uh, This is one of those types of questions that I find very hard to answer. Not necessarily because of a fear of delving into myself, but because this type of question can be interpreted in so many different ways. And as I have discussed on a previous podcast, my desire to give the right answer or the perfect answer can tie me in knots of insecurity about answering at all. I mean, what if everyone is secretly rolling their eyes at how I totally missed the point of the question? Well, I'm happy to report that my emerging queen has taken the question, decided what she thought it was, and answered it. So here are some of the ways I know myself. I know I do not have a great deal of self-confidence. I know I'm not comfortable in group settings, especially if the others in the group already know each other. I know I am loyal and loving as long as I feel safe in situations or racial relationships where I feel threatened in some way, I can block all feelings and distance myself like a champ. I know I'm protective of my loved ones. 
I know I am genuinely joyful over the successes of those I love and even those I don't necessarily like. I know I want everyone around me to be happy, sometimes at the expense of my own happiness. I know I have trouble believing I'm likable, even though I am told every day how much I'm loved. I know I am very forgiving. I know I would always choose to stay at home instead of going out. I know I do not like confrontation. I know I can be impatient. I know I am slowly learning to be kinder to myself. And finally, I know I can't think of any more things I know about myself. So while I sit here and take a few deep breaths, I will pass on to Jess. Well, a lot of yours sounded like mine, Zara, but <laughs> basically the, um, the long and the short of it is, do I know myself? No. Uh, do I know what I want? Yes, I have goals and I know what I'm doing to work to achieve them, but I don't know what I need. So um, I feel like this core needs I'm discovering with a lot of the things that I've been doing with the sirens, um, especially that uh, type two on the Enneagram was kind of a, describing my personality was very, I was like, yeah, that's right on. But um, the section on motivators and core fears was a pretty big shock. It made sense, but hearing it um, and knowing it and understanding it are very different things. Um, the description was a was a surprise, but um, I also feel like you can tell a lot about a person by who they surround themselves with. Um, people who are typically good at the core are surrounded by good people. Um, hence, the people that I'm with tonight on my screen. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um, but I think the idea of nature versus nurture and um, how that comes into play with who you are. And um, I think that uh, nature has a lot to do with it. Um, just because of a lot of people I know did not have the best upbringing and they're some of the best people I know. So um, I'm very curious what tonight's going to be about. And uh, hopefully I will not be crying or shouting mango. <laughs> with that, it is off to you, Nessie. Wow. Yeah. How well do you know yourself? And you know, I've been with myself for a number of decades now, so I always think I know myself very well. However, there are some blind spots, and I did pay attention to those while I was reading through the information you sent to us. But I've also done a bit of work on myself as well, just like what Murr had said. You know, there's there's been some um, time, money invested in getting to know me a little bit better. And I did go through an exercise that was very valuable in uh, assessing from other people's perspectives. My perspective on myself is that I'm a kind, considerate, happy, curious, very confident person. But when you ask a group of 20 people that are your coworkers or your, your um, friends and family, it's like, when I show up to a room, what do I bring? And then you get these open, honest conversations back. You just ask that question, you're quiet. I got some great feedback that was in alignment with my perspective of myself, which was great, you know, kind, happy, curious, confident. But then I had people that I really trusted and loved. And they sent me down a path of, really, that's what you think of me? I felt really shocked, uh, 
scared. But once I sat down and journaled on it, I wrote it out. It was like, okay, why do they see that? What am I bringing? What is that? It really helped me understand that, you know, my perspective isn't always the right one. It's biased. It's for sure. And that article that was sent was right on. It's like, yeah, I feel I do that again to protect myself. It is a self-preservation and go from there. So my blind spots are, again, that I feel like I'm a happy, curious person, but I also know that I have imposter syndrome. It happens all the time. It's like, you know, who's going to come listen to one of my conferences? Who's going to come listen to me talk? I don't know. I also doubt myself and I sprinkle in a bit of dumbass part of it too. So those are definitely my blind spots. Um, and I always feel like I'm, I'm ready for a crisis. I'm going to be the one like ready to lead the charge. And then I've had people tell me, it's like, oh, we're the last one. We want you leading the charge. So it's really interesting how the perspectives change. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Elsie. All right. So I was kind of like Sarah with the interpreting the question and then just going with it. And it's kind of funny because I read Sarah's soapbox today when it came in and the end of hers was a lot like the end of mine. And I thought that was funny because we hadn't read each other's or talked about it at all. So I feel like I know myself very well. And now I'm kind of second guessing that and hope I don't turn out to know myself the least after we find out whatever it is that TC is going to make us do. Uh, my mom was a social worker and every day after school, I remember I'd grab a snack and we'd talk through our day together and we would communicate. And this really helped me get in touch with how I felt and what I wanted to do and how to solve things, you know, like high school BS. And my uncle always told me that I marched to the beat of my own drum. I don't typically follow the order of operations for a typical lifestyle that society wants us to follow. I tend to follow my gut and listen to those nudges, even if they don't make sense at the time. 99% of the time, the reason becomes clear and I understand why I followed those nudges. I know I suffer from a fear of missing out. I know I have ADHD, which makes me perceive and function differently than neurotypical people. I know that I build walls when people hurt me and I distance myself or drive them away. I know I'm too independent and don't ask for help. I know that I find new hobbies and interests and if I'm not good at them instantly, then they collect dust and I move on to the next shiny object. I know that I try to relate to people by giving stories of similar things that I've experienced, cut people off or have a hard time focusing during conversations or even looking people in the eye. Again, ADHD things. I know I'm an adrenaline junkie and I'm not quite sure I have blind spots. I had a couple life-changing events in the past couple of years that really made me examine my life. And uh, so with that being said, it's my soapbox and I'm cringing to turn it over to TC because I don't like bad surprises. <laughs> cringing, oh no. So what we're doing today has nothing at all to do with how well you know yourself. I was just curious about that. Oh, oh my god. Oh. It's a lie. It's a lie. It really does. It does. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna play a game today. And the game we're going to play originated out of Japan. And the game is called Cocology. How do you spell that? Wait, hold that up again. It's K-O-K-O-L-O-G-Y, Cocology. And there are two, I have two Cokeology books. We'll be playing some games from both of them. So Cokeology, the definition. <clears throat> a series of psychological games designed to uncover emotional and behavioral traits of the players. A popular term for the interpretation of the hidden meanings of human behavior and situational responses. That's the definition of Cokeology. 
And then just a quick intro to Cokeology in these games. It's a tool to generate conversation and promote understanding to help develop and deepen personal relationships, to spur the intellect and stir the imagination. But most of all, by revealing just how much we share, it shows that none of us is alone. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to play Cokeology. Here are the rules, the things to keep in mind. Tips for playing Cokeology. And this first one is really important. So I want you to kind of write it down and remember it while we do this. Say the first thing that pops into your head. So when I am describing a situation to you and something pops into your head, jot it down on that piece of paper you have in front of you. And there are some things like the first one that I chose is a really short one, but I wanted to use it as an example. Um, I, I think sometimes our, our favorite things and our experiences might shape some of this a little bit. So try not to let it too much, just really what pops into your imagination is what you need to go with, okay? Two, play with other people. So here we all are playing this together. Three, don't try to predict the answers and answer the, the way you think is going to make you sound fabulous. <laughs> I don't need any help with that because I'm pretty <laughs> fucking fabulous. So. Yes, you are. Yeah, girl. Number four, be honest with yourself. And five is be prepared. So that's why I asked you to have that pen and paper in front of you. That's going to help. There's oh, one I thought that be prepared was more like be prepared emotionally for the ridiculousness that's going to be uncovered. But okay, we have, we have pen and paper. Maybe. We're good. But also um, <laughs> in the play with other people, pay attention to everyone's responses and to the looks on their faces. Like this is to help us get to know each other and ourselves a little better. So put, you know, listen with your, with your best eyes and ears. Uh, don't read ahead, which you can't because I'm holding the book, not you. Um, Control freak. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and keep keep an open mind. All right, here we go. I'm a Let's little worried because my drink is about gone. Here we go. That, that's what under that be prepared thing, Mer. Right, I know. Right. The first situation is called... under a clear blue sky. So you can close your eyes and listen, but you really need to imagine what I'm describing to you and picture it the best you can, because I'm gonna ask you what you saw in your mind's eye as I describe this. Imagine a clear blue sky without a cloud in sight. Just thinking about it should give your spirits a little lift. Now turn your mind's eye down to survey the landscape. Which of the following scenes feels most calming and relaxing to you? Or which of these things seems most like what you pictured when you looked down? One, a white snowy plain. Two, a blue seascape. Three, a green mountain. Four, a field of yellow flowers. So we could go in order maybe of our um, soapboxes and tell me one, two, three, or four. Um, I, four was most like what I saw, but I really just saw kind of like blank nothingness waiting for, it's like an empty kind of field waiting for more direction. <laughs> I was ready to but paint a picture. The four was the closest. Four was the closest, yeah. Sarah? 
Uh, I had two, a, a seascape. It was actually right next to the sea. It was the long, tall grasses. And I'll, 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 I'll bet it was all of that stuff that we heard about in the beach house stories. But it was a two, seascape. Uh, I kind of also had a combination. Um, mine was a seascape, but it was actually the lookout down from um, the Nepali coast on Kauai. So you actually look down a mountain and it goes straight into the ocean. Okay, so I'm just going to put three in for Nussie. Five. <laughs> Wasn't on there. But um, the first thing that I saw was the desert landscape, like in New Mexico, Arizona, with the high plat uh, plateaus. But then I went over to, I mean, I switched because I can, I switched over to um, the sea as well. So I I had this beautiful open sky of the, the big sandy orange uh, mount or kind of mountains, but they were not the green grassy mountains as three. So that didn't count, but two would be the second okay. part. I'll see. I guess mine, I guess is three. I was picturing just like a green, nicely manufactured, manufactured mode, kind of gently rolling hill uh with a single white flower that's what i pictured <laughs> all right wow the color blue has power to soothe the soul even a blue image in the mind can slow the pulse and make you take a deep breath other colors have significance too the scene you pictured contrasted against that clear blue sky reveals a hidden talent that resides in the depths of your untroubled mind so I'm going to go with four first because that's what Murr chose. That also is what I chose when I played this game. Four is a field of yellow flowers. You are a storehouse of knowledge and creativity, bursting with ideas and almost infinite potential. Keep attuned to the feelings of others and never stop working on building your dreams. And there is nothing you cannot achieve. That's the four. And Jess, you also had a three and a four. So I'll go and read the three now so you can see how yours is in between those two. Three is a green mountain. And Nessie, yours was kind of a mountain. So you can see if this relates to you at all. Your gift is for expressive communication. You always seem to be able to find the words to express the way you feel. And people soon realize it's exactly how they were feeling too. They say that joy is shared they say that joy shared is multiplied while shared grief is divided. You always seem able to help others find the right side of that equation. Um, Sarah and Nessie, both of you also had a two, so I'll read two, a blue seascape. You have a, a natural talent for interpersonal relations. People respect your ability to communicate with others and the way you help bring diverse groups together. Just by being around, you help others work more smoothly and efficiently, making you an invaluable member of any project or team. When you say, nice job, keep up the good work, people know you mean it. So it means that much more to them. So what do you guys think? I think that it's interesting that Sara and Elsie's um, the interpretation is about their interpersonal skills and they are both, well, at least Sara, I don't remember what Elsie said about being self-conscious, but Sara is very self-conscious. And I think that I don't see any of the, the, um, the self-conscious things that you see in yourself, Sara. So I thought that was pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's, 
it's very interesting to, especially the job that I have now where I'm constantly telling people every day, thank you for what you did. That was great. I appreciate it. Um, it's really nice to know that maybe that's making an impact. So thank you. Yeah. I'll try not to cry. <laughs> I'll see. I can't believe you didn't see yellow flowers. I thought four described LC more than two. I, so I was telling Dean, the reason that I started with this one is because all of us, I believe all of us love the sea. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I think that this one is maybe a little bit colored by that. Like there's another one that you're looking at eggs and they want to know what animal you think is inside the eggs. And like, we will all say turtles. I can't. I just, that. I just pictured lizard in my brain. Okay. Well, maybe I could do that one. So anyway, I, I, I chose that one first because I, I wanted us all to just think for a minute about how the things that we do in our hobbies might have more color on what we're choosing than, I don't know. So Elsie, you didn't see the yellow flowers. You, you, you definitely, it was the sea. Yeah, it was a green field and a oh, single flower. white flower. But it was okay. like a rolling field. I think that's why she picked yes. the. Uh, she picked the mountain. She did see a flower, but oh, she picked the mountain. Okay. Yeah. I have to be difficult. That's <laughs> what we learned from this one. Can I throw <laughs> my two throw my two cents in and say I hope we don't do the egg one because I think I saw scrambled eggs and I'm not sure that's what we're supposed <laughs> that's to get. Right. So. All right, I'm moving on to the next one. We will, we will never get through. I, we I want to at least get through three. I have a fourth one picked out if we can if we can make that happen. All right, let's make it happen. So the next one is called Something's Fishy. Ooh. When it comes to relaxing in the great outdoors, few activities have the perennial appeal of fishing. Every weekend, no matter the weather, dedicated anglers set off for their favorite spots, joined by curious first-timers in their pursuit of the day's catch. Not many pastimes can boast the number of confirmed addicts than fishing has. What could be the secret of its allure? You are out for a day of fishing when you get a strike. As you reel the fish up and out of the water, it thrashes on the line and smacks into you. What area of your body did the fish hit? I think I gave mine away. Is it my turn? In a minute, give everyone a second. Oh, okay. Write down their thoughts. Everyone ready? All right, Mer, it's your turn. That fish slapped me like right in the face, like right. right across the front of my face. All right, Sarah? I did my face. Jess? Same face. Nessie? I got the thigh and the butt because I would have turned like, ah. <laughs> Right. I'll see. Well, I just went deep sea fishing last week and I got hit in the leg and it, I picked right calf because I'm right. super sensitive to that right now. Okay. You're getting um, struck hit, all the time. It hit me in the legs too, like near my knees is where it hit me. Okay. The fish you hooked acted out what could be interpreted as a final counterattack. And the place you imagined it striking is a part of yourself you particularly want to protect. It is a truth of human psychology that we often fantasize that those things we want to keep hidden will get found out and the things we want to protect will come under attack. 
So the body part you named is actually a place you feel insecure or sensitive about. Is that fascinating? Yeah. Here's some examples. Was it your face? Take a good look in the mirror. Maybe you just need to smile more. Oh, you didn't just tell all of us to smile more. (laughs) (laughs) Was this game written by a dude? I have no idea. Was it your stomach? Maybe your unconscious is telling you it's about time to cut down on the cheesecake. Somewhere between the legs? Well, we all feel a little sensitive down there. So I don't know. I think (laughs) telling you to smile is better than saying, go get laid. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Nessie? Are you sensitive about your thigh and butt? I am sensitive right now because I'm actually having a lot of hip issues. And I've been going to a sports medicine guy that that is beating the crap out of me, but he's really working it out. But that it has really curtailed a lot of my activities. So right on. That's exactly where I turned was the the one hip that's that's sensitive, the, the hip and butt right there. You just cool. wonder if, if the if these answers would change depending on like the day. I think so. hundred percent do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think your, your mental state of being can change depending on the day, but oh, like, yeah. I always am, am concerned about my knees. My right knee hurts sometimes. And I am a girl who likes to be adventure ready. I like to be ready to go on adventures. And so if something happens to my legs and I can't, I'm very sensitive about that. Mm-hmm. Very protective exactly. of my legs. So am I protective of my face? I don't know. I don't know. Are you? Are you sensitive about your face? Do you? Yes. I've heard you say that you have resting bitch face. So maybe you're very (laughs) sensitive about that. Maybe. Sometimes what you think. You should smile more. (laughs) Eat the cheesecake. Eat the cheesecake. (laughs) Right. Hmm. I'm glad that my tum-tum, my growing tum-tum didn't, isn't where the fish hit me. That's funny. <laughs> Clearly, I'm okay with it. <laughs> You're Just more concerned it. with the money maker. That's exactly yeah, that's right. right. That's right. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to the third one. The third one is called Wave After Wave. It's a little bit longer, so bear with me reading for a long time. Perhaps it's because we instinctively trace the roots of life back to the oceans. Perhaps it's something hardwired deep within our brains. Whatever the reason may be, the sea holds a special power over us. The tang of the salt air, the fine spray of the surf, the soft crashing of the waves, the net effect is to stimulate and soothe. Sometimes a stroll along a sandy beach can transport you much further from your everyday reality than the actual distance you walk. That may be why the sea holds a special place in lovers' hearts. It provides them with a chance to journey together, if only for a brief time, into another world. This one has a series of questions, and so I'm going to want you to jot down the answers as we go. You are walking along a quiet beach. As you wander the dunes, you spot a surfboard washed up on the sand. Describe the surfboard and the impression it makes on you. You climb onto the board and paddle out to try your luck on the waves. How are the conditions for surfing today? 
You've managed to get to your feet and are experiencing the thrill of actually riding a wave when suddenly you wipe out and tumble headfirst into the water. What do you think, feel, or try to scream as you struggle to find your way back to the surface? You finally emerge from the water unscathed and looking back toward the beach, you see that a person you know has been watching you. Who is that person? And again, right, the first thing that comes to your mind. Anybody need me to repeat any part of that? You're, you're muted, Mark. I'm struggling because I had a person pictured when you said it, and now I don't know who it was. Are we ready? So this one can get a little personal. My question to you all is, do we wanna tell our answers? Or do you want me to read what they mean and then you can share your answers if you're comfortable with it? I don't know. I mean, let's let's go offline and do that, and then we'll make the decision. We'll <laughs> right. That's right. I like that. Let's, it is taken with all covering everything. I like that. Let's I say really we give our quickly answers. give really short give really short descriptions. For example, okay. the surfboard. Give a quick description of the surfboard and how it made you feel. Mer, go. I it was orange and blue, and it had like painted waves on it with white caps on them. And how'd you feel? Oh, it made me feel like happy and excited. Okay. Sarah? Uh, it was red and white striped. It looked very clean and it looked lonely. I just felt a sense of loneliness. Okay. Yes? Uh, it was long and pink. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Where is this going? With, uh, how did you, with how'd you feel about that? With stripes. Um, and how it made me curious and also like worried about where the person was that it belonged to. Okay. And Nessie? I, mine was yellow. It was a longboard. It had blue stripes on it. And I felt very adventurous because I was like, oh, I want to try this. It was definitely a well-worn, well-worn board. And Elsie? So of course it's got to be aqua on the surfboard because that's my favorite color. And then I thought that was a little bit boring. So I gave it a backstory and I had a shark bite taken out of it. And I'm like, this is a cool board. What's the backstory? This looks like a board for adventure. And then the next question was, um, how was climbing onto the board? What are the, what are the conditions for surfing? Mer, what were your conditions? They were, the waves were choppy. It was rough. Okay. And Sarah? Very mild, no waves. Okay, Jess? Uh, small waves. Small waves. Nessie? They were easy waves breaking really lightly. Okay. And Elsie? Crystal clear and calm. Okay. You get to your feet, you're on the board, then you wipe out. What do you say or scream or think when you, when you, when you come back to the surface? Literally nothing. It was like dark, 
kind of flailing. Nothing was coming out. Sarah? Get me out of here. Yes? Uh, I just kind of thought like, oh, bummer. And then like roll over and start to swim up. Like, yeah, that sucked. Bummer and roll over. Nessie? I laughed, but was calm and just watched the bubbles which way to go. So, but I was laughing to myself like, whoops. Okay. And Elsie? Uh, fuck. And then feeling like a total klutz and just calmly recomposing myself and climbing back up on the board. All right, you climbed back up. Okay, the last question. Who is the person? Mer, did it come to you? I All right, so this is, I think it was my mom, but then I know that I also saw you and Mark kind of like rolled. It was like a weird progression. Okay. Sarah? I saw Bill. He was out there trying not to, to laugh and he was going to come out and help, but he was trying not to laugh. Okay. Jess? Ben. Okay. Nessie? I, it was a male figure and I was just, I, I don't know who it was. I absolutely have no idea, but it was a male figure and we'll go from nope, there. That's unknown. The, the, unknown. Mr. E guest. Elsie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we were kind of led to feel something because in the very, very beginning, you said something about where lovers walk together. So when I mm-hmm. first pictured it, I pictured my husband. And then when you described the question more and more, I pictured my mom and dad. All right, here we go. Most of us sense intuitively the strong psychological associations with the sea and sex. The way you imagined your experience on the waves tells us something about your expectations and desires in the sexual realm. Throughout history and across cultures, the sea is portrayed as feminine. Against that backdrop, the surfboard provides an overt example of what Freud referred to as a phallic symbol. Hello, Jess Long. (laughs) Women, your description of the surfboard corresponds with your image and impression of masculine sexual characteristics. So now think about your board descriptions. That's hilarious. Who said (laughs) well-worn? Who said (laughs) well-worn? Oh, fucking, can we just talk about LC's having a shark bite taken out of it for a minute? <laughs> just imagine how big it is. That yes, it's that's right. Only <laughs> guy little bite. That's right. Uh, a piranha bite. Brings whole new meaning to the shark song. <laughs> um, uh, shark do 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 do. All right. So here's some examples. It's just like every other surfboard out there. You've seen one, you've seen them all. I don't know. It's a monster wooden longboard, freshly waxed and gleaming with a red stripe up the middle. Thanks for sharing, but that's a little more than any of us wanted to know. All right, on number two, the surfing conditions you described reveal your own hopes and expectations from sex. Huh. So how were your surfing conditions, ladies? <laughs> That's interesting. Who's, who's were oh. rough? Who said rough? My, Mer. That was Mer. Mer. That makes so much sense. I know. I'm not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. That is good. Anybody want to comment on their surfing conditions? I'm not going to push anyone to comment on the rest of these because like I-, I said it. Oh, those are great. No, mine was, you know, the, the calm breaking waves. So it's really kind of like beginner easy. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I want a well-worn board. What small waves? Right. small waves? I'll see just once it crystal clear <laughs> and calm. Apparently, yes. <laughs> Polar opposite of her, <laughs> right? Poodle submersion within the churning waters is a metaphor for the peak of sexual pleasure. Your thoughts and feelings as you struggled upward correspond to those you experience in the throes of ecstasy. Hmm. So who rolled over? <laughs> Jess. <laughs> that was awesome. I love it. I roll over. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I'm tired now. <laughs> Wham bam, thank you, ma'am. I don't know. What does get me out of here mean? That doesn't sound right. (laughs) That's hilarious. You had had nothing to say. Nothing. I mean, I get so wrapped up in the in the in the moment that it's like meditation, Tracy. That's that's what it is. She did say like flailing around and just flailing back up. (laughs) Sorry, Juno. So so once again, you know, I, I I have you know. Poor Bill's going to be listening to this, right? But, you know, get me out of here. This this sense of um, fear, you know, I, it, it makes sense to me a little bit, you know, just this, uh, it, it does this um, fear of letting go, you know, there's oh, a, there's, there's a fear that, that, that comes with that. That, with that um, intimacy. Yeah. 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 So in, and being that vulnerable, like when yeah. you let go of yourself, you're really opening up and being vulnerable to someone. Mm-hmm. And I can see yep. how that would be hard, Sarah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so, you know, as uh, much as my very mild and no ways doesn't quite make that much sense, the, uh, the get me out of here, I think, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I feel that I, I get that. That's interesting. So thank That's, goodness for Bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good self-awareness. I mean, Sarah, Sarah, that, the fact that, you know, you want to get out of there, the intimacy, I mean, this whole, you know, the, the analogy with sea and water, I, it's, it's very true. And yeah, I'm interested with this next evaluation. Yeah. Back on. Somebody hop, Nessie, was that you? Did you hop back on? That was LC. No. LC. LC, you hopped back on. <laughs> Ready for round two, baby. <laughs> yeah. I, like I that. would like Ready. to say I have never thought bummer. When <laughs> <laughs> maybe Wendy, when you were done bummer when i was when i was rolling over you know like, oh, <laughs> now it's done mm, sad the person you pictured standing on the beach is someone you show intense interest in in a sexual sense this doesn't necessarily this doesn't necessarily indicate active sexual desire. It may be that you're simply curious about what that person is like in the most intimate and unguarded of moments. Then again, maybe, just maybe, that's something you want to find out firsthand. Was the person you named your current lover or a secret love interest? That shouldn't be too hard to accept. But then there are always those who name a member of the same sex, a cousin, their dentist, don't worry, your secrets are safe with us, except that this is a podcast. <laughs> right. And Elsie, you said except your parents. I said my mom and dad, because I'm like, who's going to watch me as I'm learning a new skill? My parents are supportive. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, right. You want to bang them. really does. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, that's funny. Well, I, that's, I, I think I might have pictured my mom at first, but I'm sure I don't yeah, want to bang her. Yeah, you said your her. mom too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. 
but I definitely want to bang Mark. So that makes sense. <laughs> it's so Constant. funny because I, I tried surfing for the first time this last week. And as soon as I did exactly what this book described, I caught the wave, I stood, and then I wiped out. I immediately looked up to make sure Dean was watching and saw me catching a freaking wave. It felt amazing. That is awesome. Was he, was yes. he there? Yeah, he was there. He Did was there it? and he was doing this. He was doing <laughs> this. Which is the, the okay sign. The, yeah, the, the, the scuba diving okay symbol. And as soon as I did it back, I got both hands in the air. Like, <laughs> yeah, so that, that was, was awesome. awesome. Do we have time for number four now? I'm That's so excited. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Um, all right. The fourth one is called Happy Landings. Oh, wait, is Every this a spinoff from number three? Wait, oh, never mind. No, it's not. Actually, there's <laughs> not, not happy that's... endings. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I misheard. So we, have, we have two potential ones we can do. One of them requires you to draw a quick picture, and it would be a little bit, a little bit more maybe fun. The other one is just more about who you are as a person and does not require drawing a picture. Which I one do you the choose? More, the picture? more fun one. Okay. Will it translate well into a podcast though? We're we going to describe our pictures. The, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think it will. I think it okay. will. I got to find it though. Oh, I wonder if we like need to refill hat. our drinks. Yes. This is a good time to refill okay. your drinks. Yes. Cause I need another one too. Thanks. Mer Anybody want to talk about the surfing one while we wait? I'm so you said like how did you feel about the surfboard like I was curious and concerned like what does that <laughs> translate to what was a big pink surfboard Jess <laughs> I can see your concern <laughs> how was surfing was it fun it was so much fun it was amazing I meant to ask you if you how that went and I just kept forgetting to send a message so you know I wanted to surf before I moved here and um and then I when I bumped up my timeline rather than spend the money on a trip to California and some surfing lessons I canceled all that mm -hmm. and so I'd always wanted to surf and that was a surprise from Dino for this trip so it was it was pretty amazing and what was the surprise meal they, they, so they had a, um, a chef come to the house and prepare a meal for us there. And it was like just a five course meal with, it was delicious. Just but a five fun. course meal with deliciousness. With a chef where we were staying, which was beautiful. Oh my gosh. All right, That's here we magic. go. So everyone get a fresh sheet of paper, pen and paper ready. This one is called Welcome to My Parlor. It's going to be Sarah's favorite. Oh, in the, human un in the human unconscious, spiders hold a place of fear and respect that's entirely out of proportion to their tiny size. Perhaps it's their skill in hunting, their patience when lying in wait, or their ability to weave devious webs to trap their prey. Whatever the reason, spiders evoke a strong mixture of feelings in all of us. Imagine you are a spider sitting at the center of a large web you have spun. You'll need a pen and paper for this. Burn it down. 
And so draw, <laughs> draw, this as, draw it as quickly as you can and give as much detail as you can in a short amount of time. Draw a picture of your web and the number and types of insects you have trapped in it. How much time do we have for this, Tracy? A very uh, short amount of time. Can I get my color pencils? I know. <laughs> no. I want to no like color pencils. No can markers. I do some shading. I don't. So what's more important isn't the artistic uh, detail of your drawing, but that oh, you get God. the web, you get the web, and all your bugs in place. So just okay. concentrate on that. Almost done. But web. you know that I'm going to ask each of you to send me a photo of your webs. Obviously. Well, then you're going to need to give us more time. For <laughs> what? <laughs> for the podcast or for the blog, right? Right. No, no, yeah. you can't add to it once you know the meaning. You just hold it up now. <clears throat> Are we close? Mm. <laughs> I'm going to keep reading when you can keep drawing. Don't worry. Okay. You move, you move to make a meal of one of your prey, but somehow it frees itself from the web and escapes. As it hurries out of reach, the lucky bug says something to you. What are its parting words? Write those down. I feel like this can't be right. I, I, I'm, I'm making mistakes. I have to be. <laughs> no Draw way. Web. Draw some bugs. Em embrace that inner queen, Zara. That's right. They're happy accidents, according to Bob Ross. Oh, yeah. I'm done. Oh, that'd be a oh, fun God. episode. Everyone have your parting words written. Yes. yes. All of your bugs are drawn. Yes. All right. Pencils down. Heads up. I sound like a teacher. <laughs> <Because> I am. <laughs> the spider is one of the great hunters of the natural world. Your impressions of life as a spider show us something about how you see your experience as a hunter in the wilds of love. Oh. The number and types of bugs. So quickly, Mur, how many bugs are in your web? Three. Three bugs? And uh, Sarah, how many bugs are in your web? Counting my spider, two. No, not counting you, just the bugs. <laughs> One. One bug. I didn't even Jess. add my spider. Seven. Seven bugs for Jess. Nessie? I have five. Five bugs for Nessie. Elsie? Uno. One bug? Okay. The number and types of bugs you drew corresponds to your own love conquests. The web represents your strategies and techniques for luring others into your clutches, while the types of bugs you caught reflect your opinion of, of your former lovers. Was it, was it a single common housefly? Well, one of mine was. Oh, what was the other one? I, I, I actually drew three different bugs. I had a bee, a mosquito, and a housefly. 
eyes. Perhaps a fat, juicy caterpillar. Anyone? Anyone else want to tell me what type of bugs you had? I had an ant. Oh, ant too. That was Mine the one that was caught mosquitoes. my web. I had one mosquito and four houseflies. Hmm. Hey. I had one butterfly too. Oh, interesting. Do you guys hear my dog? Dreaming? Aww. Yeah, dreaming. <laughs> Or maybe an unappetizing mass of mosquitoes, roaches, or worms wiggling as they await your approach. Some spiders will eat anything. The parting words of the bug that got away. What are your parting words, Mur? My words are, oh no, not me. Dara, right, <laughs> what are your parting words? <clears throat> ha ha, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, parting words? Mine was like, ha-ha, fuck you. <laughs> All right. Nessie? Wow, we're right in vain there. I'm AMF. Adios, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and Elsie? Peace. 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 Oh. <laughs> mine, mine originally was, not today, sucker. Wait, mm -hmm. I might have heard the directions wrong. I oh, yeah. heard what the bug that was being eaten, what its last words were. No, the bug got away. One oh. of the bugs got away from your yep. web. What I are your part? What are their that. parting? Mm -hmm. Okay, I missed so all of the that. spiders or the the one getting away. The one getting away. Yeah, oh, I yeah. my one getting yeah. away wasn't one getting away. It was one getting eaten. So I ruined mm -hmm. the whole thing. Well, no, no you have to figure out what that means to you. Mm -hmm. The parting words of the bug that got away are your memories of rejection and a failed conquest. Let's face it, we've all been shot down at one time or another. This game shows the words that hit closest to home. From the parting conquest? From the conquest that you didn't get. Get, okay. The one, it's, it's come on, it's the one that the got, one away. got away. Right. <laughs> and what did that one say? Mine said, AMF. not today. Not today. <laughs> AMF. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so quick. Oh, mine said, oh, no, not me. So if he, if that was, uh, maybe he was thinking that as the it, little yes. buggy ran off. Yes. It See, works. It's still accurate. It's still accurate. Funny. So how many of you feel like that? I mean, just curious if you guys think that the book was accurate or if you, if it made you think about any part oh. of yourself in a different way or. Hold on. I have a question. Did the different insects have different meanings? Like, was there a specific meaning for a housefly versus a honeybee? Um, so I'll have to find that one again. Hold on. Yeah, it says, um, the types of bugs you caught reflect your opinion of your former lovers. So was it a single common housefly, meaning you don't think very much, they're just an average Joe, or a lovely butterfly that leaves you hungry afterward? Oh, that's sweet. Elsie had a butterfly. Mine are all stinging or annoying or both. Blood-sucking mosquitoes. mosquitoes. Yeah, leaving behind itchy bumps. Yep. So there's that. <laughs> All of mine were mosquitoes. Annoying. Ants are very hardworking and uh, very um, social and 
I don't know, but you see now, I, I thought some of those questions, you know, really made you think about yourself, but mm -hmm. I, I find that this question, once again, I got hung up in, in, well, I don't know how to draw a freaking, what does the spider web look like? I forget. In fact, I drew something that looks more like an igloo than a spider web. And, and then I'm like, well, I can't draw any bugs in here. I don't like bugs. I don't want to draw bugs. So I didn't want to draw any <laughs> bugs. So sometimes I think you can just get into your head so much that you don't really get into it. But some of the, um, you know, definitely some of these questions or some of these answers that you give can really let you I want to know feel things about yourself. I want to know if there's something significant about the number of lines yes. that you put in your web. Yes. It doesn't, it doesn't, I don't think it mentions that. Let me look. I want to know how Nessie, Nessie, did you Google a, a, a spider's web and then trace it or something? Jesus, criminy. No, I spent <laughs> eight years in art school. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Here, look, I'm not, I'm not joking. Look, can you see? Oh it's my gosh. Igloo. That's it's awesome, an, Sarah. It's an igloo. I love it. It's the best spider so, so they used to give spiders an experiment with LSD. They would give spiders LSD to see what kind of oh. a web they would spin. So maybe that's kind of what, what yours is, you know? Yeah, an LSD maybe. web. Uh, maybe. Mur had a great says, web too. It says the web represents your strategies and techniques for luring others into your clutches. So I guess you can look at it that way. Is it detailed and fancy? Do you have it all planned out? I had to put a frame around mine because you just can't have it float. I'm just going to say that was, you know, I had to give it, I had to. <laughs> no, mine is Bangor. definitely floating. Oh yeah. Does that mean that it's a fluid plan? It's constantly changing, so. but I do, <laughs> I do have a pretty idea of what it should look like. The yeah. next explanation for when your, your web doesn't even look like a web. I want, I want the answer to that. I think yeah. that it means that your brain's chaotic and you have no fucking idea how you're going to lure people in. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> I'm telling you, that's probably spot on right there. Strategy, <laughs> strategy. strategy. That exactly. your your web is unique and <laughs> not not at all um, average. It's non-conforming. It's a non-conforming web. Oh, yep. I love non-conforming. That is so you, Sara. I mm -hmm. think I'll, I think I'll take it. You'll I'll take, take it, it. <laughs> right? You don't have an inner web. You have an igloo web. Yes. Like <laughs> that is awesome. I love that so much. Yep. That's awesome. But to answer your question, TC, yes, uh, I, especially the first one, it, it reminded me a lot. I mean, cause that's, I'm between the two, the blue and the green mountains. And it really did represent, you know, cause I'm inclusive. I want everybody to get along. I'm very expressive in my communication. I, I can see what other people are saying. So yeah, I thought that was great. Um, I have to say the surfboard thing that why I was laughing, because all I could think of when you described that, you know, hey, we got a surfboard on the beach. I just thought sex. I was like flat out thinking sex right away. So I thought hilarious. that was- <laughs> I love was... that you have like some some unknown male in the background yet to be named. <laughs> I make myself yes. blush. I'm blushing. <laughs> I know. That's, that's something to look forward to. I know. Where's that surfboard? <laughs> Elsie, I'm going to, I'm going to take a page out of your book. I'm going to hop back on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's time. That's Absolutely. Awesome. So yeah, that was good. I would like to see how it would change on different days though, because yeah, I know TC told us in the beginning, the first thing that pops in your head, but then like it would morph as the description would go on. And I kind of, I change it. Yeah, I, so I think that part is really important. 
Um, and the more I read, like the one, the, the, the reason I did the first one is because when I was doing it, the first picture literally that popped in my head is a field of flowers with a lot of orange and yellow flowers. But then I was like, oh no, the sea, I'm going to look at the sea. And I changed it because I do love to look at the sea. And then when I read it, I was like, no, it, it does need to be the first thing that pops into your head, I think, for it to accurately get at your subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ta- have, have any of you been to New Mexico or have seen Taos with those high plain deserts where the, they're, you know, near Los Alamos and everything? I mean, all you could see, especially when it was like the blue sky, blue sky, and it came down because that is known well montana is also known as big sky and but there's just so much open sky so much open space to see and then just those playas and and beautiful mountains i was like but it's so dry it's so dry there yeah i think what well when we when we did that first situation i pictured the word meadow but didn't really picture like an actual meadow I wonder what that means. So I I, went with four. I I think it counts. The thing is that it's not, did you picture exactly what's described? It's which one of those has the same feel. Gotcha. It's not even which one looks the most like it, but which one has the closest feel. So if you, Mm -hmm. if your first thought was of a meadow, then the meadow they described would match the meadow that you. (laughs) So the one we didn't, talk about no one shows number one with the white snow and all that stuff what is oh yeah what does i wonder what that, that means mean? yeah what does that mean that's a four letter for- word to elsie you can't say yeah. that snow says i know snow. and that's the thing like there was another one that um that dean and i did together and it's it's a picture that had it's a picture and it has some coral on the bottom and it asks you to draw octopus in the picture and then where and how many and how big whatever you draw there's, but you know, when you dive and you see octopus all the time, you know exactly where they would be on the coral. So you draw them exactly where they would be. So some of them get messed up by your experience or your knowledge. True. There's no way that we could use that interpretively. The white snowy plain. You are blessed with a special sensitivity that allows you to comprehend situations at a glance and decipher complex problems without needing any proof or explanation. You have what it takes to be a clear-sighted decision maker and even something of a visionary. Always trust your first intuitions. They will guide you well. That's what the snowy plane meant. That means that get would a be U- awesome, U- get but a I U-Haul. hate snow. Get a U-Haul. That's right. what that means. Yeah. My decision is that's get a U-Haul. I'm- get out of there. Yeah. Right. And that's why I'm saying sometimes your preferences or experiences will will, right. cl- will color your choice. Like I, I wouldn't look down and see snow because I don't like snow. But if I was trying to just empty my mind and not overthink, what do I really just see in this in this mm-hmm. image? Um, it's mm-hmm. it's hard to do that. It's hard to not put your own experiences and knowledge into it. Yeah. And that's our perception and knowing ourselves too, because that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, LC, the situations change. And I, I recognize this in myself that if I'm tired, if I'm hungry, if I'm really stressed, I've got too much going on. My self-awareness and ability to know myself just goes out the window. That's what I, you know, go over to the other side of, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty driver person. You know, if you've done the disc assessments, I will, con- I will go over to the, I need to be analytical. I need to get blah, blah, blah. But that's because your, your brain is into this hypermotive survival, which is really sad. You're not in your best, you know, that hierarchy. 
um, but this is, this is fascinating. I love this psychological stuff, which is so much fun. Yeah, I wish we had time to do more. Like, where did you even hear about this? I had never heard of this before. I've had these books a very long time. Before I moved to the island, I had these books. And um, when we started talking about doing mystery episodes, I'm looking around like, and there they were sitting on my shelf. And I didn't bring that many books with me. Somehow these two made it. So I don't know how I first learned about these, but they're a lot of fun. And there were a lot that I felt like I couldn't do because of things that I know are going on in our personal lives. One of my favorite ones is, a, is about the father figure in your life. And I just think it's extremely insightful, but I steered far clear from that one right now. And there Thank are you. others. <laughs> yeah. There were others that I just, I knew some things were happening in different people's lives. And I kind of steered clear of those because I wanted it to be a little fun and lighthearted. So Oh, but it was it was okay with you to bring up the sex one with your um, brother's wife. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I see. That's okay, Elsie uh, apparently was thinking about her parents doing it. So uh, no, uh, my first instinct was my husband, and then oh, I thought right. too much about it. I'm like, who's going to support me while I'm doing a new thing? You actually did say that when you mentioned mm-hmm. the people. You yeah, said you him did. first. Yeah, thank counts. goodness because we were a little worried. <laughs> So was I. <laughs> That's a whole other mystery episode. I don't know if we have enough schooling to help you out. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord. I, 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 I think, hope my parents don't listen to this I think one. I'm going to go with the, the person that I can't remember was just like a faceless figure that kind of morphed mm-hmm. into Mark and then Tracy. So whatever. They were both Oh, there. wait. Wait, we glossed over that. I know. (laughs) When I was reading it, that's why I said, Mer does love me. Yeah, (laughs) I do love you. But there are three of us in that surfing picture, so. (laughs) She also said it was a TC Mark hybrid, so. (laughs) Maybe, maybe I picture TC. I'm just kidding. Just kidding, Mark. (laughs) Poor Mark. I know poor guy i'm glad he loves me <laughs> so funny the, so we, I, looked up the, I looked up the one with the, the eggs and lizard is not one of the animal choices oh of God, what, what does it mean if you pick scrambled eggs i know that's not either they're, they're oh thank in, goodness it asks what animals are in how about okay. oh okay animals not mammals because i was going to say uh maybe like ovulation eggs you know like those little <laughs> I wonder if the, uh, if you just like pick the closest animal yeah. in the, uh, animal That's what you kingdom. Do. Like snake, snake was one of them. And so I would, or, but so was lizard. I mean, I'm sorry, turtle. And turtle. I just thought, oh, knowing this group of girls, we're all going to pick turtles. Like, so I didn't, I steered clear of For that sure. one and I steered clear of the octopus one. Um, there was another really good one where you're in an air balloon that was, um, Ooh. relatively short that I didn't do. Ooh, can we make that like a quick TikTok at the very end? Oh, do it at the end. Yes, like sixty seconds after we're we're done wrapping up, and then everybody yep. can go to TikTok Siren Soapbox and watch it. I have I have the book open, so you tell me what to do, and we can do it. We're doing what now? Yeah, thank TikTok. You. <laughs> TikTok is that a thing? It's a thing. It's, it's on okay. the side of the wall. Yeah, the or on my on my wrist. Oh, mm-hmm. Nice. We're going to get a little quick 60 second snippet and we're going to put it on the Tiki Talkies and also on Facebook. Yeah, I love that. For our, our episodes. Yeah, we're, we're on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I don't, I don't right. know what else is. 
Yeah, we're worried about the Twitter. Do we have a challenge for our listeners this week? I think the challenge for the listeners would be to learn a little bit more about Cokeology and play the game with some good friends or loved ones. Mm-hmm. I think that is a fabulous idea. I think this would be fun to play with Mark. I uh, might have to buy a book. This would be a fun road trip game oh, to yeah. play. We can put both of the books on our affiliate Amazon page. So that will make them really easy to find. You can find them on our website. If you go to sirensoapbox.com and click on shop and then click on Amazon, you can find them there under the books eventually, not this exact <laughs> moment. Actually, you won't, by the time it's airing, it'll be there. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Elsie's already taking notes. Yeah. So <laughs> we encourage you to play Cookology with your loved ones and then tell us about it. Maybe, um, post about it on the internet and do we have a hashtag we could use siren soapbox yes as we 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 want all our listeners to use that hashtag siren soapbox when they're uh when they're telling us how they're doing with the challenge of the week and i want to thank you nessie for joining us again you've been a fabulous guest siren and to sarah jess elsie and tc and me i'm mer and until next time friends dive in Stay curious and be happy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Siren Soapbox. And a special thank you to C-Strings for providing our music. Snag their latest EP from iTunes today. Follow the Sirens on all the social medias. And don't forget to tell your friends about us. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll catch you next time on another episode of Siren Soapbox.